0: The topic of the talk this afternoon is the Sabbath. So the uh, only Sabbath I ever knew before I come to the Lord was Black Sabbath. So <laughs> most of most of you probably know that group. Uh, the Sabbath, um, according to the dictionary, was um, it was pronounced Shabbath. It's a bit of Hebrew for you. Um, it means to rest from labour. a a day of rest so it came in right from the beginning Genesis 2 God sort of um, rested on the seventh day and it um, the Sabbath was made for man as a day of rest and refreshment and um, for the body and the soul basically and uh, in the Exodus uh, story in chapter 16 it it was also in connection with the manor in the wilderness, how the Lord pro- provided the manor. You remember that, and uh, on on that they have to collect double the amount on the sixth day because it wasn't available on the seventh. So it was all there. It's all there uh, in the beginning. Um, and it's also put into the Ten Commandments, as you know, in the Old Testament. Um, the Sabbath, apparently a day's journey, was. Um, about just under half a mile. So you couldn't you couldn't walk any further than half a mile, otherwise they'd shoot you, you know. And um the the um the Jewish day or the the, the day of the Sabbath is from sunset to sunset. That's how they, they, they work things. So um and also the sabbatical year was the every seventh year. It was a it was a time of rest. It um it was actually called in the book of Deuteronomy it was called a year of release, so but it was never really put into practice much at all by the, the Israelites. But just to give you an idea what the Sabbath was all about in the Old Testament, so we're going to have a um, as compared to what we celebrate today is more the Lord's the Lord's Day. It's all about Jesus Christ. Old things are passed away, and we've got the new covenant come in through Jesus Christ. We'll explain that in a minute. So if you'd like to start off in um, Exodus chapter 31, so verse 13, it says here in Exodus 13, it says, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths you shall keep. And it's for a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I'm the Lord that does sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you, and every one that defileth it shall be surely put to death. So I won't go right into that, but the Lord's He, he created this time, and it was going to be a sign between God and his people, and it's to, to be remembered um right throughout all the generations. So and if you just shoot over to Numbers fifteen, verse thirty two. So it's very serious, uh, God took it very, very seriously, um, and we read a little story here about a man who who transgressed the Sabbath. It says in 32 verse, uh, chapter 15, it says, and while the, the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day, and they found him gathering sticks and brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation, and they." put him in ward, locked him up because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said to Moses, the man shall be surely put to death and all the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. This a pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? You know, I mean, you'd never get away with that today, would you? You'd have lawyers involved and all this sort of stuff and people complaining it wasn't fair and, you know, all this stuff. And yet back then it was very, very serious how they followed the Lord, very much um, right down the line. So we we move, move through time now. We go into the New Testament and Jesus comes on the scene. So don't forget up until that time they're all under the old law. All the old commandments, and uh, we come to a time of Christ now, Matthew 11. He likes, and there's lots written about the Sabbath, but I just want to just take out a few points here. Jesus comes on the scene, and in my Bible, here is all his words are in red, and um, he says, Here in uh, verse 28 of Matthew 11, says, Come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden and i will give you rest he's talking about a new sabbath a new relationship he's going to, he's going to create towards modern day man which is you and i he says take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am we, a meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy easy and my burden burden is light said so, and uh, I guess if you was to pick up a Bible and you'd never read it before and you'd come across this scripture, you'd think, that's just what I want in my life. That's just everything that I'm looking for and how do I find it? And Jesus goes on in chapter 12 in verse 1. It says, and at that time Jesus went coincidentally on the Sabbath day. Now, you're not allowed to walk over half a mile. You're not allowed to do any work. You're not allowed to do anything. And um, it was a day of rest. Everything stopped. And it says, At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But uh, he, Jesus said unto them, Have you not read what David or King David did when he was a hungered, and how that they were with him, and how he Entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath, but are blameless? But I say unto you, that in this place is one greater than the temple. He was speaking of himself here to the Pharisees. He said they didn't understand who he was. He was coming back. He was going to be this new covenant uh, presented to mankind. He was going to create all things new. He's going to do away with the old law. And everything was going to be through Christ now. He says, But if you had known what this meant, if you understood what I I really or I really was or I am, he said, I would have mercy and not sacrifice. And you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord, even on of the Sabbath day. So the Lord's declare himself Lord of the Sabbath, Lord of the Sabbath. And when he was departed thence, he went into the synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? And I, I suppose if you were living in the Old Testament, You would have considered it, but it would have been a mighty thing if somebody was healed on the Sabbath day, you know. Um, It says, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days uh, that they might accuse him? And and he said unto them, What man shall be there amongst you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? It's common sense, isn't it? And uh, how much more then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? And then said he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand, which was in the law, was within the law at the time. And he stretched it forth and it was restored whole, like as the other. And then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. There's another terrific little story that dovetails very closely to this one. is um, In John 5, if you'd like to turn to that one. So the people at the time before Christ were very much under the old law, very much under law, very much under bondage, when right from the start it was meant to set people free. It was to give them rest. It was to refresh them. You know, they'd be working six days, and on the seventh day they'd rest. And it would be good for their bodies and their souls, but it became a a very legalistic thing. So we have a story here of where Christ presented Himself on the Sabbath day. It was um, there was a feast in verse one of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem by the Sheep Market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue uh, Bethesda, having five arches, and in these laid uh, a great multitude of uh, impotent uh, folk of blind, halt, withered. Waiting for the moving, moving of the water, so they were all gathered round this pool and uh and every now and then an angel troubled the water, and it was first in best dressed, so it was on the sabbath day and um so they are all waiting for the moving of the water, for an angel went down at a certain season in the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first uh, when after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had or she had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he'd been there a long time, in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. So they dropped him off every day by the sounds of it and left him there to fend for himself. And every time the water was troubled by the angel, somebody else stepped to him. He might have been just at the step and someone beat him to it every time. So he had 38 years going through this. And um, he said, to uh, the, the, this man answered Jesus and said, I have no man when the, pool, the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise Take up thy bed and walk and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath, and the Jews therefore said unto him it was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. How ridiculous, you know? This man's been in trouble for thirty eight years, laying on this bed, everybody knows him, and the Jews turned up and said, You, you can't do that. It's the Sabbath. And they didn't acknowledge him being healed, they just acknowledged that he was carrying his bed on the Sabbath day, transgressing the law. And in verse twelve, and then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, he didn't realise it was Jesus. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, and a multitude been in that place. So is it is a big crowd there, and he just disappeared. Into the crowd. And afterwards, Jesus finds him in the temple and said to him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore, did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. And I just wondered why he did all these things on the Sabbath day. And it surely was to prove a point. You know, when you go back into um, the study of what why Jesus did certain things, he um, Jesus came back to create a new way for mankind. But through him, we might be reconciled back under God because the Old Testament didn't work. And uh, what we celebrate, and I remember, and you remember quite well, a certain character that used to be with us, he he went and joined a a, a crowd who worshipped the Lord on the Saturday. And he was always trying to find a place that worshipped the Lord on the Saturday, who was spirit-filled, but it doesn't work, does it? It doesn't go together because we worship the Lord's Day. It's not the Sabbath day anymore. We worship the Lord's Day. And what I mean by that, Jesus, his resurrection took place on the first day of the week. Mentioned four times in the Gospels, Jesus also manifested Himself to His disciples on the first day of the week on four separate occasions. That you can read in Acts two, the um, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost is is uh, observed to be on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Acts twenty. When you read it, it says upon the first day of the week. When the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached. That was the story where the guy fell out the window because Paul went too long preaching. I won't do that to you today. You'll nod off in your chairs. say so won't hurt. When you drop your Bible and everyone stops and looks at you, you know it's 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 it's, it's almost as embarrassing when your phone goes off. But we won't talk about that because, uh, I don't have the signs come up. Keep your phones off on silent, please. So we observe now the New Testament or the New Covenant is all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord's day. And uh, we go to a story um, in Isaiah 28, if you would. So Jesus made a point as part, part of his ministry to teach and preach and heal on the Sabbath day because he was the Lord of the Sabbath, you know. So we follow we following Christ in His Word in His ways now, and just to bring out a point here, verse nine. It says, "Whom shall He teach knowledge, and whom shall He make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts, His children, a childlike faith." You know, and um, for precept must be upon precept precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, there a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Remember the sign? The sign between God and his people was the Sabbath. It observed the Sabbath. It was something God blessed. Here we have, you know, just a scripture in the Old Testament saying, now this is the refreshing, and this is the refresh that I've, refreshing that I've called you to. It says, with stammering, lips, and another tongue, will he speak to his people? Will he acknowledge his people? And that's, that's our uh, sign when we look at um, perhaps Mark 16 and verse 17 about the signs of a believer. They shall speak in new tongues. This acknowledgement. This is the Lord's Day uh, that we celebrate. You know, it's uh, it's all about the Lord. It's all about Jesus Christ, who's uh, brought us back into this covenant relationship with the Living God, with the Creator. So you can have a personal relationship with your Creator with this sign that now Jesus is available through to you through the through the Holy Ghost, and the Bible talks about um, confirms that. Statement in Isaiah with a, another statement in 1 Corinthians 14. We might just look at it quickly, you might as well. Uh, verse 21. It says, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that uh, will not hear me, saith the Lord. And tongues are for a sign, not for them so much to believe, but them that believe not. And that talks about it's talking and going into the operation of the spiritual gifts here. But tongues were for a sign, just like the Sabbath of old. It was a sign that God would sanctify His people, and God has sanctified you this afternoon as you receive the Holy Ghost, as you get that stamp of approval from the Lord through His Son Jesus Christ. Remember, in John 14, He said, "I won't leave you comfortless." I go back to my father, but I'll give you the comforter which is the Holy Spirit, which you understand. Um, just in, oh, in course in Romans Romans eight verse twenty six, you might want to look at that one. It says likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or our weaknesses. It says for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or understood. You you know when you pray in the Spirit, things do change, you know. And uh, when we look at the book of Jude 20, we we look at uh, where when we pray in the Spirit, it builds up our most holy faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, you know. Uh, So it's very important that we understand and, and we, we basically covet for the Holy Ghost. And when we've got it, we use it. That's why, you know, we pray after the meetings. Because it's, it's good for our souls. You know, if we don't, if we stop praying in the Holy Ghost, it's like the Old Testament when they forsook the, the Sabbath. They lost that connection with the Lord. And it's, it's for a sign for us that we might understand we're connected now. You know, the Holy Ghost is something very personal. But it's very, very necessary for your relationship with the Lord because you can use it. You don't have to come to church on a Sunday to get the blessing of God. You can get the blessing every day of the week if you're spirit-filled, if you use the Holy Ghost. And um, you just might have a look at um, Colossians chapter 2. When I was talking to this chappie that went off to another church group um, Colossians 2, verse 13. I quoted the scripture to him, and he just wouldn't acknowledge it at all. And he's very, very sad because he was spirit filled and uh, going back into bondage. Why would you do that? Why would you be set free and go back into where you came from? You know, just go back into, uh, To bondage into this world and uh, I said look read this and it says in you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespass all your sin washed away by the blood of the blood of the lamb it says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us it was all written against us we were gone you know, we were we were dead in our trespass and sin before Christ. It says, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. And then verse 16, this is the part, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat. If you don't want to eat meat, so be it. If you eat meat, hallelujah. It's not anything to do with our relationship with the Lord this afternoon, you know? And it says, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. You know, you're not under bondage anymore. You're not under the old law. You're under the law of Christ. You know, today is the Lord's day. And all the people said, that's who we follow today. And he goes on to say, let no man beguile you of your voluntary reward or your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels. And um, so it's very important to you and I that we don't fall into the condemnation or the expectation of this world. You know, And the very thing that uh, I guess we're always criticised is that we we feel it necessary to encourage a person to pray for the holy spirit and the evidence of it would be this manifestation of tongues and i suppose that's one of our big, biggest criticisms in pentecost isn't it we are we are a tongues people and you can see why you know and if you haven't if you don't haven't got the holy spirit you're missing out because this is what the lord wanted you to have he said i go back to my father but I won't leave you comfortless. It's very necessary that we have this relationship with the Lord. We've got ants. Uh, yeah. So Hebrews chapter four, this is verse nine. It's a it's a wonderful thing to have the promises of God fulfilled in your life. You know, just the aspect of healing. We've we've had a number of healings in this assembly. We've um. You know, healing is not just of the body, but it's also of the mind. Peace that passes all understandings. This is wonderful, you know. All the troubles in the world that you, you're you very aware of, and yet now you have answers. You have an understanding of the plan of God and His Word. and So it, it gives you peace, an inner peace and a comfort. And that's what the Lord wants you. He doesn't want you to be fearful of things to come, but He wants you to be relying on His Word and His promises. And these promises are to you this afternoon. You know that the promise of the Holy Ghost is to you. It's very important that you take hold of these promises and apply them to your lives. You know, why do some get people get healed and some others don't? Well, it's a personal thing, but we encourage you this afternoon to take hold of the promises and the Word of God, whatever troubling you this afternoon. It's something that uh, the, the Spirit is a, is a very powerful aspect of a believer. That when all things are becoming possible, the Lord makes things possible for us. It's His wisdom and His intelligence that we're we're tapping into. He said, "My thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways." So wherever, how you go, you think it's going to turn out, it's always the opposite. You know, it's isn't it? It's like wow, I just never thought of it like that. God has a plan for you this afternoon. It's in Hebrews four. Verse nine. It says, "There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his." And uh, what it means here that you've got to start, you got to st- you got to stop. You've got to stop doing it your way. And I think um, Peter Goodridge, who came up recently on a Sunday naughty see compared martha and mary and how that jesus was talking about how that mary had chosen the better part at the feet of jesus and yet it was martha that was doing all the work wasn't it she was the one invited christ in she got the tea ready she got the house ready she did everything she organized this and everything and it was tough on martha wasn't it without martha jesus would have walked straight past but What Jesus is saying, Martha, but you've always been like this. You've always been anxious. You've always been busy, running around, trying to please everybody. But if you're going to please me, you need to look at your sister and say, look, he's right at Jesus' feet. And that's where we belong. And all the people said, that's who we are. You know, John, the Apostle John, was the one whom Jesus loved. He just wanted to be with the Lord. Remember him? You know, he was the guy that ended up in the Isle of Patmos, Kangaroo Island, you know. (laughs) But um, anyhow, um, that's who we need to be like. Just just want to be with the Lord. This is what it's really all about. It's not about all coming here in a building or owning a golf course. It's just to be with the Lord. I mean, they're all the side benefits. You know, if the Lord's provided us with a, a wonderful new place, then we are... We are very, very happy with that, you know it's taken a while uh to to happen, but it's getting there and it's 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 getting there matthew our brother matthew's uh finished all the uh jib rocking and flushing, and it's looking great, we've just got to finish it off and next thing it'll be in there and uh it'll be great so um but but he, he, the lord's saying here I, I just want you to stop trying to work it all out. And just let me do it for you, simply. Stop worrying. Stop becoming anxious. Stop, just, it's, it's not your problem anymore. So I don't want you to be a martha anymore. I just want you to understand I've got everything in hand and I want to bless you. It'll work out for you. But when you stop seeking the Lord, nothing happens. And that's the first thing that happens when you, you come up against something that's too, you know, the giants of the land come in. Now, when when King David, or when he was a boy, he fought Goliath, a giant. But then, Goliath's brothers came on the scenes, and uh, but by that example of of uh, King David, the Israelis, or well, the, the the army, were able to overcome the other giants. And it's it's a bit like that in the Lord. Sometimes we we get through one situation, and another comes, and you think, I just can't do this anymore, you know. But uh, the Lord said, Well. You've got to lean not to your own understanding and start relying on me. And that's what he's saying. I just want you to stop laboring. Don't strive anymore. And he says, let us labor in verse 11, therefore to enter into that rest. So you concentrate on what I've asked you to do. I want you to labor to enter into that rest. Stop your worrying. Stop working it out. Stop getting, getting all stressed out and, and cease from your own works, from your own understandings. And it goes on to say, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. It's a real warning for you and I. You know, a lot of people stopped following the Lord because of their unbelief. They gave up. 10, 20, 30, 40 years in the Lord, and all of a sudden, where are they? They gave up. He goes on to explain about the Word of God. If we're following the Lamb, the Word of God made flesh, he says, quick, powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And uh, it's, it's a very powerful thing that you've entered into. That when these books are opened, it's life. And it's life. And that much more abundantly if you let the Lord use you, if you let the Lord mould you and fashion you into his likeness. To put on the mind of Christ is something totally different from the way you're thinking even right now. You know, you think, oh, if I could only get this out of my mind. The Lord says, well, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's the way you've got to be in the Lord, like a child. It's your mum and dad. They don't worry about what's for tea. They just come to tea at six, and they eat their tea, and they play, and they they rely on their parents, don't they? And that's how we've got to be, and all the people said.